2: Trust the global life Look with your own eyes Look to the sky and see God gave his eyes His perfect harmony Stop moving her all own Walk it day and night The sun coming up The sun going down The curtain of stars From the heavens around Look to the sky and see Look to the earth and know God causes all things to grow Stretch down the earth and place Stand the share from faith Trust in the only God you know Look to the sky and see God presence of the Don't trust the global life the not your own eyes Look to the sky and see
0: God, of and earth. Greetings and welcome to Hour of Discernment on January 27th, 2016. Well, I've been looking forward to this for, for about a week. And, and yesterday on the broadcast, I, I reviewed my guest, Robbie davidson's uh, uh video it's called the global lie flat earth flat earth revelation and with that welcome to the broadcast uh robbie thanks for having me Walt. it's a pleasure to be here yeah well uh, l- listen i i have to uh you know this uh flat earth Earth movement has moved me in more than one way, and I I, I, I think it's more than a movement. I and one of the reasons I think your your documentation uh, it comes from the biblical view, and uh, and uh, and so you know. And yesterday we talked about uh, I reviewed uh, heliocentric and geocentric, and with that I'd just like to have you introduce your your video and and. Uh, and, and tell us tell your your your, uh, your testimony.
3: Well, yeah, I'm basically coming up with the, the concept and uh, you know and doing my research for the last six months uh, uncovering you know the root, I think for most of the church, um, they were busy you know basically attacking the branches of the tree and never really looking at the root. And if you understand um, the entire war of creation versus evolution, you'll see that most of the attack was centered around, you know, the Darwin, Darwin model that, uh, you know, we evolved over, you know, millions of years, you know, and we came from ancestors as monkeys. And, and again, this was the lie that was, you know, all focused on. But again, you have to kind of dig deeper and find out, well, where did this lie originate from? Where do we get evolution? And if you look back, you'll see that you get it through the entire heliocentric model that was proposed. Now, again, this had gone on for a while, but it didn't take root until the, you know, until you know, Nicholas Copernicus you know, came out. And indeed, it was the Copernican heliocentricity concept that gradually broke the back of Bible credibility as a source of absolute truth in Christendom. Once the Copernican, resolution, like, uh, once the Copernican Revolution had conquered the physical sciences of astronomy and physics and put down deep roots in universities and lower schools everywhere, It was only a matter of time until the biological sciences launched the Darwinian revolution. So if you understand that uh, this is kind of the connection, you know, between the two, and seeing that basically from the beginning of time, Satan has been after attacking, you know, the authority and the foundation of the Word of God. And again, if you can get the Word, you can get the foundation to crumble, uh, you can start doubting parts Of the foundations of the Bible, then everything is opened up to interpretation. And I think that's where the devil has laid his assault is definitely when it came to uh, the creation account, but also, you know, clear uh, verses, you know, throughout the entire Bible that talk about how we're geocentric, we're stationary, and that everything that was created above us moves, circuits, it does its thing, but we don't. Uh, And that's the one of the things that they needed to break. They needed to break that whole paradigm and um, they've done an incredible job. You know, uh, you know, throughout the centuries, there's always been great men of faith that have been crying in the wilderness, uh, warning, um, you know, about Copernicus models uh, and, and such. And uh, if you actually even look at the uh, early church, and even, uh, you know, the great uh, reformers, I mean, you have like um, Martin Luther, you've got Augustine, you've got John Calvin. I mean, these guys were going so far as to say that these men that were coming and proposing up these ideas, you know, were, were possessed by the devil. So they were warning, um, and rightfully so, but unfortunately it gained, it gained ground rapidly uh, in the church, um, you know, through Rome, through the Catholic church, and there's a story there with Galileo and how they did the Hegelian dialectic um, in creating an illusion that they would be fighting, you know, science versus religion, and that's what they proposed to us, that science is, is wonderful. The scientific method is great. But when science gets hijacked and it becomes an agenda and it becomes a, you know, theories and beliefs, these are theories that were set up that basically to this day, they're considered fact and anyone that tries to debate these are considered, you know, they're ridiculed, they're laughed at. But indeed, once you look into it, just like the lies of evolution, all these theories about the heliocentric big bang universe are that they're theories and they are not scientifically proven. So when you apply the real scientific method, you will find that a lot of this stuff cannot be proved scientific. These are things that took hold to further destroy the credibility of the Bible. And all the scientists that came after Copernicus, if anything, they got all their illumination from the great enlightenment and discovery that he had made when, you know, up until that time, it was always considered through science uh, about a geocentric um, you know, stationary earth.
0: Can, can can you hear me, uh, Robbie? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I I would like to make a comment. Uh, in your studies, did you ever uh, look at who is the father of the Big Bang?
3: Um, well, when you're getting into it, like you're going back into uh, if you're starting. Well, I mean, the Big Bang it was coined by different uh, you know people. Basically, it came to a point where actually the Big Bang actually wasn't even um, like the correct title, but it took it took hold. And, you will when you do your research, you'll find that basically they just ran with the whole Big Bang Theory. But you'll find that later on, they had some major problems. And to this day, they still have some major, major problems. Yet, it's just like evolution. Uh, Anyone that speaks out against this, uh, you know, there's scientists that are around the world that that are scared about, you know, publishing their findings, uh, you know, losing credibility, losing their job. Um, Just like, uh, you know, everything that's going on within the major universities uh, this is a systematic, this is a group, uh, an elite group, uh, that do not allow anyone else to propose any ideas. And the whole idea of science is all about questions. Well, they don't want anything questioned anymore. This is fact, they say. And anything that fits their model, they will use. Anything that doesn't, they will throw out. So um, looking, you know, looking into it, you can kind of see how you know, even before there were ideas there, but actually the Big Bang was a relatively new uh, concept. Um, But you'll see that Copernicus kind of eroded Ptolemy's, you know, findings. But he hated, he absolutely hated the church, uh, hated, you know, the Bible account. And if you research all the major scientific, like, discoveries, and I'm talking from, like, you know, Kepler and Newton and Galileo, and, you know, understand that if you go deeper into it, you will find out that there's a very, you know, hidden kind of agenda taking place because they needed to erode the credibility of the Bible. The Bible clearly says... Um, you know, that the sun moves in multiple uh, occasions. And some people will say, well, that was the translation of that day or the men didn't understand that. But you have clear directives of commanding the sun to stop. And you have major issues, you know, when you're talking about um, the earth, you know, stop spinning. If it was indeed, you know, spinning at a thousand miles at the equator, uh, you've got problems with it flying through space. All of these things, it just takes someone to research it and digest the the information, come in with an open mind, But look at the Bible, look at kind of what they're, you know, speaking and what they're teaching, and you will find that it's a polar opposite of everything that is being taught. So it's something that is very, very important. Even if, you know, any of your listeners are, you know, literal six-day creationists, you know, they believe in a young earth versus millions of years old. Well, you have a problem because day four of the sun, moon, and stars are created. So if the Earth is created, what is it orbiting? If they're, if they're, you know, if we're taught the heliocentric model that you know, uh, we're orbiting around the sun uh, at uh, 660,000 miles an hour, I mean, just understand that right now what science teaches is that we are traveling around the sun faster than lightning. I mean, it is absolutely incredible, these figures, and it's just like evolution where they bring in millions and millions and billions. They mask everything in large numbers so that you know, we just have to take their word for it because, you know, who who of us are going to go out and do that math? But when you start actually start thinking about these logically, you know, uh, you'll find that there's some major issues.
0: Well, if you do a Google search on father of the big bang, you will you will come to George Georges Lemaitre. He's a Belgian cosmologist, yeah. a Catholic priest, and also a Jesuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. <clears throat> you know uh uh the jesuit's had their hand in had their hand in it at the very beginning cuz this came galileo came about you know af- after the, the the king james bible was published so they they were and also if you do um, uh, the father of the new age is uh the new age movement is also a jesuit he's He's a Frenchman, and I can't pronounce his name right now. But the, 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 uh, don't, you, don't you think, uh, Robbie, that uh, that heliocentric was the birth of the New Age movement?
3: Yeah, I think, I think obviously it was the, the birth of many things. I mean, we're talking about, if you understand the heliocentric model, all the life, everything that you start seeing, I mean, um, that's happening around the world. I mean, you can get into so many things. You can even get into futuristic things like the transhumanistic movement. Uh, everything originates uh, from the idea that they're going to find other life out there, uh, that, that, that the other life will create the answers for us at, at some point, possibly. And, I mean, you have major scientists. Richard Dawkins is a big believer of this, but most credible, you know, uh, in the scientific community are, are definitely talking about how feasible it would be for an intelligent life form to have injected their DNA into a monkey, uh, you know and created us at some point in the universe so understand that basically you know uh, for the great deception that's going to come into the world uh, it says it will deceive the whole world and I'm looking at it more and more in my research that could it quite possibly could it be that science is the great one-world religion that's spoken about in ways it's, it's something that has been masqueraded as fact but indeed it is religion it's almost everyone um, you know believes this and takes this as fact. It was almost like Satan's a soul rather than come up with a new belief system, he comes up with fact. He comes up with something that cannot be disputed. It's not a belief. It's reality or so he, you know, wanted to tell the world. And yet we've bought this hook, line, and thinker. And I mean he's definitely Satan has worked with great big agencies such as the scientific community, but also when you're getting into like the space agencies, because up until you know the nineteen sixties, really everyone took this upon, you know, that's face. Uh, as far as the spinning balls flying through space. But it wasn't until, you know, the Apollo mission that on the very last mission, on the on the way home, they took a picture of the Earth. And from that picture, you know, it was settled. You know, everything's settled now. We've got the picture. We know we're on a ball. You know, we spin and we fly through space. But there's major problems when you start looking into that. You have major problems with the fact that it's almost been 50 years. They've never been back, nor has any other country. Um, so, again, I think when it comes to... Um, putting your trust in NASA and again you mentioned you know Jesuits well I'd say like most most of these great men have been either Jesuits or high-degree Masons and if you start researching based on the spirituality of these people and their Masonic roots then you've got some major problems especially with the foundations in the beginning of NASA you know Jack Parsons is his tie with Aleister Crowley you've got some high-level Luciferian systems running in the creation of these agencies So if we are just going to look at NASA and we're going to look in our science textbook and we're going to refute the Bible, you know, woe to the man. I mean, the church, uh, early church and the reformers were saying, like, it is crazy to take the theories of man over the word of God. Be careful where the source is, because when you start reading the word the way it was meant to be, you will find there's very, you know, a clear indication, not only that the earth doesn't move and that it is fixed, but also the stars, the sun, and the moon, they all have their own circuit. But we have literally been taught the lie that, no, the sun is the center point, and everything orbits the sun. And again, if you follow this right back to Nimrod, but you get into Greece, Rome, you get into all the early pagan um, belief systems, the sun has always been the focal point. And again, that's a whole other discussion for another time. But understand that are we any different now than when we're focusing and putting all the emphasis on the sun, this, you know, we, nothing happens without the sun. And again, that's been Satan's drive all throughout history: is to drive people more to worship the sun and give the significance to the sun over the earth. And I think it's been a huge lie. That uh, you know, just happy that God is, is revealing uh, it to you know thousands of people at at uh, at this time.
0: Well, well, Robbie, you've mentioned several times that heliocentric was was designed to take the credibility of the Bible away. And, you know, I read a book. I've got a book here. I've had it for four years. I haven't totally digested it. It's called The Earth is Not Moving by Marshall Hall. And this is what I got out of this book. This is what he emphasizes, exactly the same thing. This was to take the credibility away from the Bible. And when we look at First Timothy 6.20, Old Timothy Keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so, so called. You know yesterday yesterday I, I brought uh, I don't have that right in my hand, but what John Calvin but John Calvin said it, it, it really uh, I, mean, I can find that real quick. Let me let me read what John Calvin said. John Calvin, John, this is a quote from John Calvin. We will see some who are so deranged, not only in religion, but who in all things reveal their monstrous nature, that they will say that the sun does not move, and that it is the earth which shifts and turns. When we see such minds, we must indeed confess that the devil possesses them and the God sets them before us as mirrors in order to keep us in His fear. John Calvin comments. Robbie?
3: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he has some harsh words. I mean, he went so far later on that quote to say that these men are madmen and they're possessed by the devil. I mean, he had strong words. Uh, and again, he was around in the days of you know Copernicus. Again, it was one of those things where you have to understand what they were looking at. And a lot of people have been taught this other lie with the heliocentric Big Bang universe is that people back then were ignorant. They weren't very intelligent. And as as time has gone on, we have got more evolved. We have got more intelligent. So we are so much smarter than those, you know, you know Neanderthals in the Bible. Again, that's another lie of evolution of the big bang universe you know creating that illusion that basically of course we know more than them with all of our technology but if you actually start looking into it you will find that there was a lot of intelligence there was very very smart men and again you have to look at even you know the people that carried on after their warnings again it had already taken root in most of the churches but again there were sound men of faith you know Uh, even right up until, you know, 1800s, 1900s. Amazing, incredible books that are written. Again, we're now into, you know, 2016. Why is it that so many people from so many different walks are coming, coming out with so much proof, scientific experimentation? Again, there's so many different proofs. If someone will start actually looking into this and say, could this be, really, could I have been lied to about this? No, no, it's too big. You know, when people first start hearing about this, It's just it's so massive of a deception that it's almost ridiculed. It's like no, there's no way it could be that big a lie. And yes, it can be that big a lie because once you get someone believing a big lie, it's easy for someone to believe all the little ones. So understand that if you shift someone's worldview and you create that, everything else is you know easy underneath that. So uh, it's something that I believe that needed to be in place um, just for all the plans and the grand design. And just if you study all of the, the the men and you understand how everything kind of goes pieced together you can clearly see this you can clearly see how it is i mean right back from the lie in the garden of eden and you know in genesis you you will definitely see satan's agenda was to, uh, i mean the first thing that comes out of you know satan's mouth is he questions god and again what are we doing oh does the bible say that oh no that the bible doesn't say that 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 just meant this or oh no you just keep that allegory. You know. Take that as figurative, you know, but you don't take that literal. And again, this is the same age-old lie that Satan wants to taunt us and just put into our ear. It's like, really? Come on. There's an explanation for that, you know. So I think it's time for people to seriously look at it, it, it rejuvenate uh, your faith, your understanding. And just like the great creation ministries that came out, for a while, you were laughed at. And it was considered absurd not to believe in evolution. I mean, you had to be a moron. You had to be not very intelligent, you know, to believe that, you know, we didn't evolve. But again, all of a sudden, there were quite a few people that started looking into this, um, you know, aspect, came out with very good materials, based it on science, uh, gave us a lot of, you know, not just we could just believe in something anymore, we could actually handle ourselves in, in a debate. You know, we could have that confidence going through it. So now when it comes to this, you know, it's considered laughed at or, oh, you have to be silly. Of course we know the universe and we know there's billions of galaxies and that every star is the sun and that the sun is 93 million miles away and the moon is 240,000 miles away. I mean, we know all these distances. Do we? Have we just been told that? Or can you start looking into it and find out, well, wait a minute, there's a lot of scientific evidence supporting the fact that the sun, moon, and stars are a lot closer, and they're a lot smaller than what we've been told. Can you
0: hear me, Robbie? Yes. Okay. Um, I wanted, uh, when I first watched the, your your video, and within 20 minutes, I got a little watery. My eyes got a little watery. Because I, I, you can see how they they have taken God's creation and made a ball out of it a spaceship sailing through 66,000 miles an hour. And then another thing that caught my eye is you had one picture and you did a kind of a a collage and you had all the corporations with balls symbology. Could you comment on that?
3: Yeah, actually that was a segment done by uh, Will the YouTube channel is uh, Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. Um, and again, basically, uh, the video, the globes in my mind, and it was just talking about how literally it's probably the one symbol. It's the one term. It's the one word that's so saturated into our society. I mean, you know, it takes a while once you start researching to understand that we're not on a spinning ball to stop saying, you know, on this planet or on the globe, I'm going to go around the globe, but understand that a lot of people starting to look into these things, you know, we have been taught that anyone that thinks the world is flat is, is silly. We, we, we proved that wrong, you know, however long ago. So it's not even worth look, your time looking into. And again, we've been showing the pictures of, you know, boats going over the edge. If you understand the concept and you understand the biblical meaning uh, and you get into it, you'll find out that it actually makes a lot of sense. It says in the Bible that God encompassed the waters with bounds so that they would not overstep their boundaries so you have to understand that he put bounds in place and if you start looking at the different like the models and the understanding you will see that no there's a good understanding and a lot of people say well how can you you know how can you go around the earth if it's flat well you can take your finger on a dinner plate and go around in a circle. I mean, you can easily go around. You don't have to be on a ball to go around. But people, you know, they need to see that paradigm shift where they start looking into it and going, okay, that makes sense. Like some people will say, well, how do you have day and night, you know, if it's flat? I mean, but if you start looking up and you start seeing exactly that the sun and the moon have their circuit, they go into the Tropic of Capricorn and the Tropic of Cancer. You can start to actually see it. And you can see where the queer would be, that the sun would be, you know, the hottest. I mean, there's major, major problems with the heliocentric Big Bang universe in every single thing. As much things as we found in evolution, I would say there's probably 10 times more problems when it comes to the distances, they've told us, the sizes. I mean, literally, the Candelicia experiment, literally, uh, I think it was in the 1800s, they use it still today but it was hanging two balls on a shed roof, okay? And you have to look this up. But again, they teach this in the textbooks, but they, they hung two balls on a shed. And from that, they got the mass of the Earth and the mass of all the planets, the moon, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how absurd. By hanging two balls on a shed roof, they are going to find out the mass of the Earth. And again, like the opening in my uh, film, The Global Lie, uh, and also concluding it, getting into Job, where God clearly says, who of any of you would be able to measure the breadth of the earth from one end to the next? Well, wait a minute. I thought we had this whole, the whole thing measured out. I thought we knew how big it was, 25,000 miles in circumference. It's this heavy. It's, I mean, we've got it all mapped out. Well, God's clearly saying, no, you can never fully comprehend it. And to me, that makes a lot more sense. That God would create something that we are just so in awe that we really can't even comprehend how incredible and how vast and amazing this world is.
0: Okay. You can hear me. Yes. Oh, excuse me. I I I'm 71 and I have a little memory. I, I I've been muting my mics and, um, well, well, uh, well, I, the next question I'd like to j- just touch upon a little bit. I mean, don't you have to go into it heavy, but how has this affected you? I find, I find this, when the, the word has been programmed, oh, I can re- relate to this. When I was growing up and I was in school, I can't tell you what grade, but I was shown that picture of the boat sailing off the edge of the, you know, and how, how, ridic- you know, you know, how ridiculous to even think that the earth is flat. And uh, and I was just talking to a brother last night, and and uh, this ball that's spinning around in her head is going to be there. You're not going to just take it. You're not going to take this out overnight, no. And uh, and and you know, in other words, like uh, how 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 are you? Uh, how do you handle? Uh, what are some of the the rebuttals that you've got from close friends or relatives? <clears throat>
3: I would say the I would say the biggest one, especially. Uh, within, you know, the church uh, would be that these verses, all the verses, and I mean, there is hundreds of them, um, they're all to be meant taken allegory. I mean, they're not to be taken literal. And again, I guess the problem is, you know, a lot of the people that are coming with these arguments are literal six-day creationists. These are people that believe that the earth is six to 10,000 years old, not millions of years. They believe in the literal creation account as far as us. But when you get into, well, the universe, you know, and I think, and I mentioned this, you know, um, you know in the, uh, the documentary, uh, as well as other interviews, but I think it was very easy. I mean, when we came across the Big Bang, all we had to do was say, well, listen, you guys are saying that nothing became something, exploded, and created everything. I mean, that's totally not science. I mean, it's major problems, but nothing just, you know, sitting there, all of a sudden it becomes something, explodes and creates everything. Well, what we did is we said, well, God created everything. So we attached God to the Big Bang. And we said, aha, there you go. See, there's our argument. You know, you guys don't know what created the bang. Who are saying God. So we didn't have to even deal with that subject because we just quickly associated God with the Big Bang. And hey, it kind of made sense. God spoke it and everything just appeared. But the problem was how it all appeared. How God you know, created the world, how he created the sun, moon, and stars. We gave it a very man-made, anti-biblical, you know, attachment to God. And I think that was the danger, is we started, like, praising the universe and all the planets and everything like this, and yet we were starting to shift over to man's theories. Again, it's very clear in the Bible that it literally says the sun, the moon, and the stars. Now, people say, well, what do you do with those planets? Well, for, for the longest time, they were always considered the wandering stars. And I mean, you get into the Bible, you get into um, even extra, you know, biblical texts such as the Book of Enoch. I mean, you can clearly see that, you know, God clearly says it throughout the Bible that there is a sun, a moon, and he also created stars. So these stars, you you know, are relegated to, you know, well, these are planets and these are terra firma. And just like we've been told the moon is something that's terra firma, God calls it a light. Uh, but again, now man, you know, has us believing that we can like land on these lights, that we can play, you know, golf, and we can drive around rovers on it. But again, there's major problems. I mean, there's major problems when all of a sudden the whole conquest of space and NASA is—they're going to head to Mars—and then all of a sudden NASA, uh, you know, basically says, "What? Well, we're going to cancel that mission, um, and now we're going to go back to the moon in 2030." Well, when 2025 hits, they're going to say something came up. We're going back to the moon in 2050. I tell people, we're never going to the moon because we never have been to the moon. These things up in the sky are not meant to be landed on. They are lights. God clearly says what they're for. Um, And I think that uh, part of the illusion and the deception is verifying these things through an agency that everyone, you know, just blindly accepts and trusts and says, well, you know, why would they lie? But if you look into the moon landing and you come to a point, you're like, hmm, I'm getting suspicious. It's almost been 50 years, and they haven't been back, nor has any other country. You would think that Russia would want to be there and put their flag up on the moon, you know. Uh, But again, you know, and then you have Obama coming out and saying, you know, people are saying we should go back to the moon, but I'm telling people, hey, we've already been there. I mean, I would say the biggest argument I get from people about the moon landing is we don't need to go back. We've already been there. And I'm thinking, with all the technological advances, we found out everything that we're going to know about the moon. It makes no sense. So the question is, if they haven't been to the moon, where have they been? Because if you actually look this up, you will find out since the moon, understand that they tell us the moon is 240,000 miles away. If you look this up, do you know the furthest that man has been in basically the last 50 years? It's 400 miles. Now, I'm not talking about the supposed probes or satellites. I'm talking about man. I mean, the Orion Project got canceled, and in 2014, they came up with a video uh, I think it's called Trial Under Fire. But they admitted we're having major problems trying to figure out how can we go through the Van Allen radiation belt. So if there's a major Van Allen radiation belt that Orion and all their shielding and technology, they can't they can't figure out how to get through it because they say we don't have to just get through it once. We've got to get through it twice on the way up, on the way back. Well, wait a minute. Didn't you go through it no problem in the 60s? You know, So there's some major things going on. Then. I think that's kind of where people to start looking to if they're putting so much trust in NASA and the Hubble telescope. And, you know, start researching these things because the only people that are giving us these pictures go out with your telescope. People, I mean, I actually went out and bought uh, a Nikon P900. It's a new camera that came out just last year. And it has got the most incredible zoom. It's got the, the greatest zoom out of any prosumer camera out there. Well, you can start zooming in on the moon with this thing. You can zoom in on stars. And, I mean, in the documentary, I feature a bunch of people Focusing in, not just with this camera, but also with some high-powered telescopes. Um, they're, you know, zooming in on stars. They're zooming in on the moon. Well, when you start looking at the stars, ask yourself the question, Is number one, are they trillions of miles away? But also, you know, when you see them shift and morph and change colors and you see all the incredible things that you will see if you go out and, you know, get a camera or a telescope, we've been told they're suns and we've been told all these things. The technology is starting to get to a point where people are saying, well, wait a minute, there's some major problems here. You know, how is it that if the moon is 240,000 miles away, I can zoom in with my camera, a $600 camera, I can zoom in incredibly close on the moon. I'm talking details, like levels of, and there's certain things that I'm seeing that basically it doesn't make sense. And one of the things, and it's mentioned in uh, my film, The Global Eye, is it the moon? I mean, it says in the Word of God that basically there's two lights. We've been told, you know, the moon is a reflector of the sun. But what's really interesting is scientifically people are starting to test this. What they're finding is that when you're out in the sun, you know, it's hot and you go into the shade, you cool down. Just like, you know, if you, you know, when we were young, we would take a magnifying glass and we could like burn paper with the sunlight. Well, if you actually go into the moonlight and you start measuring it, people are doing this with like infrared, uh, electronic, you know, uh, temperature. You know, And again, they're finding that basically the moon is cool. What's interesting is if you go, if you go out into the moonlight and you measure the temperature, if you go into the shade, you actually warm up. Not only do you warm up, but you can actually magnify moonlight to make objects even colder. So we are dealing with the sun as something that's giving off hot light. We're dealing with the moon that's giving off cool light. And again, the Bible's very clear in the King James. It literally says that the sun is masculine. And that the moon is feminine, and it says the moon will not give her light. It clearly talks about the moon being self-illuminating and giving off its own light. But again, science has told us no, because they would have major problems if they admitted that. The whole, just that one thing alone, the entire Big Bang universe that they've constructed, in you know um, all of their textbooks, you know, would be faulty because there's no way that the moon could be lit up if their theories are correct. So again, it's about doing those tests, go out, look at the world, look at God's beautiful creation and the senses that he's given you, just like Romans 1, and don't allow science to start distancing and tearing away that God you know, is not part or that he's so further away. And it's like even the concepts of up and down. If you're on a spinning ball, rotating, wobbling, flying through space, where is up, where is down? Because clearly someone from space, would be upside down. But we've been taught, no, we're all right side up because of gravity. All of these things are to confuse, um, to twist. It's very easy when you understand that God is above us and, you know, hell is below us. This is concepts that a child can understand and yet we've allowed science to complicate it to a point where, well, you know, technically, you know, everyone's right side up, but, you know, and it's like, God, you know, is technically somewhere out there past the universe. Like, he, he's, you know, omnipresent. He's omniscient. I mean, all of these qualities of God, we all know that. And as a Christian, you ask me the question, like, how does this affected me? I've always had a strong walk with the Lord. But this revelation, researching this, in, I can't even comprehend how much closer God became. Because when I looked up in the sky, I'm like, Wow. I mean, these verses clearly say that he is literally above the firmament, and the firmament being understood as literally a physical, you know, structure. And if anyone's ever seen like the Truman Show or a movie like that, this is what the Bible describes. It might seem absurd, but again, this is what the Bible describes. It talks about in Genesis how the firmament divided the waters from the waters, and for the longest time as a creationist. You know, I always was looking at these, these type of verses. And I'm like, you know, scratch on my head. I'm like, hmm, well, don't really understand that. Move on. And then I get to the pillars. Well, that has, I don't understand that, how, how you put pillars. What about the four corners, you know? What about the edges of the earth? What about, and again, you'd have major problems. Well, you know, we just brush it off. But when you go back and you start reading these and say, okay, I'm just going to try to take this literal. and I want to see what happens. What's interesting is when you start taking the concept of an enclosed creation, that the moon, sun, and stars were all created inside. And it says in Genesis, not outside the firmament, because you got to understand, the firmament or expanse or sky, it's called. The whole idea of space, of vacuum, black, dark, nothing, you know, all these adjectives we give to space, um, you know, is something that really is not biblical and it's something to be looked into. But if you look at the Genesis account, it says the sun, moon, and stars were put in the firmament. You have major problems if you understand the expanse or all the translations. It doesn't matter what you look at, because clearly these things are are a lot closer uh, than what we've been told. They're not, you know, the sun's not 93 million miles away. I mean, there's major problems every single which way. These are theories that they put up that were absurd. I mean, you you, uh, said the Timothy quote, uh, the Timothy verse, but there's a few other verses that talk about the wisest of men will become fools. In God's eyes, like they literally are fooled. And the wisest men that we've set up as our, you know, as our teachers and as our, you know, we look up to. And they're the the experts in our world. We've literally elevated them to a point where we don't even like question them anymore. We just sit there and say, well, yeah, these are smart men. They have PhDs. I mean, they went to university. We all understand that university, I mean, I think the statistics are that like 70% of people that are raised in the church, once they, in one year of university, will lose their faith. I mean, universities have been set up to completely kill God in your mind. And, I mean, that's the, that's the reality. And it's unfortunate that, you know, including myself for so long, I still, you know, it wasn't that I even was trying to combat it. I was just, it was fact. I mean, who argues the fact that, you know, we're not on a spinning ball? I mean, I spun the globe. And, I mean, it is the interesting thing because it is the earliest indoctrination for children. They don't have to do anything other than just put the globe in the classroom and have a teacher point. Hey, Johnny, that's where you live. Isn't that fun? And you spin it, and you never question it. Nobody that goes through science, and when they start getting into the spinning ball, you know, the concept of the globe, start questioning it. They get taught exactly how it is. But no one, we're not taught anymore to critically think. And that's unfortunate. Where, you know, God gave us a brain. He says, test all things. And I think that's important, that we need to test the theories of very anti-biblical, you know, Messianic, Jesuit, you know, people that came in throughout the centuries, and Satan worked, and he knew that he needed to work on this. It's a multi-generational program, you know, is what Satan works on. He doesn't care about a lie a year from here. He cares about a multi-generational, and it only takes a couple generations to change a worldview, and he understood that really, literally, by three generations, he could literally change everything but again it had to take hold the heliocentric model that whole entire concept once it took hold everything else took place you don't even just have the humanistic you have the biological sciences now you get into freud and you start understanding the psychological sciences if you understand where all the sciences started to come from they all came from the foundation from the copernican model it was it was something that opened up it was like pandora's box and literally It is something so massive that people need to understand what they're dealing with when it comes to, you know, what Copernican did. And it's not that Copernican was the first one. I mean, you have the Pythagorean theorem, you've gotten a bunch before him. But it was him that broke it open, you know, to a point where it could not be tamed anymore. And that everyone ran with it because it was something that could completely, you know, explain everything without God. And that's exactly what... Um, you know all of this that we're discussing today has done. It literally has put everything in motion where you do not need a God. All you need is a bank.
0: Well, well, Robbie. You know that's what. That uh, it's only been, it's been 400 years, and that's what brought kind of uh, brought tears to my eyes when I realized how Satan has just pulled the wool over. You know, just has hoodwinked us. And, uh, and another thing that you you covered a lot of bases there, and boy, I I uh, I've had the same thoughts, the same exact thoughts, and I just feel so blessed, Robbie, that I'm talking to a younger man that just got a little bit more. Your bulb is a little bit. I'm running with about a 30 watt because I'm 71 years old, but you're what you're running on about a 150 watt bulb. <laughs> and I, 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 I love you, brother, for sharing this, because I've had everything that you've shared here the last ten minutes. I have it's come through. When I wake in the morning, and I was saying to God this morning, just only give me a, what I can understand. And when you understand this four hundred year lie, it's it's sometimes it's a little overwhelming. I, and I'm I'm thankful for every one of these listeners in here. Because I know that they need fellowship, and I need fellowship, and this is what this broadcast is about—is the hour of discernment. But I want to touch on this now. You know, I, this is what came to me this morning. You mentioned allegory. They want to dismiss all these Bible. There's over 200 Bible. Bible. I have a young. I, listen, I have a young friend. She, 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 I've been pounded with the flat earth for 12 years, and she's not. Connected to the internet, and she got it solely from the Bible. And there's over two hundred Bible verses. I'm going to get with Carol, and 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 get every single Bible verse listed, mm-hmm. because and it does it does not paint the picture of a spinning ball. you know, and, and and the next thing is is you know is 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 what Marshall Hall said. He said that the the exposure of this great lie will participate uh, back to the Bible movement that will shake the world. Because the apostate, and this is where, uh, where I want to go, all these creation ministries and all these seminaries and Bible colleges, I mean, let's just focus on the creation ministries. And I'm not to pick on Ken Hovind. I've learned an awful lot. But Ken Hovind is solidly heliocentric. And uh, I w- w- and I I I believe the reason why he's heliocentric is because he has bought he has listened to his professors and he's been educated by the academic world, which every single university in this world teaches heliocentric. Could you have a comment on on? On the creation ministries and why they teach heliocentric.
3: Yeah, I mentioned that also in the documentary. And I uh, nothing but love for Kent Hovind and Kent Ham. And I actually learned a lot in um, just over 20 years as a Christian. Um, you know, a lot of my education and and equipping me and you know, with the whole creation versus evolution. I mean, it was a huge wake-up. There's no doubt about it. So um, I think I think it's cognitive dissonance in the sense that this is just so grand. I mean, you have to understand that, you know, uh, from an early age, we're spinning the globe. I mean, the globe is so, you know, put into our brains that it's just the unquestionable. And I think that the attack, it's almost like Satan would allow, you know, a major attack to take place against. Well, you know, we're fighting the fact that we came from monkeys, you know, and, no, God created us. And our whole war is on the fact that, no, we're not just an animal. We're, we're, we're special. Well, Satan's sitting back, and he's watching that, and he's saying, okay, you know, am I really, you know, majorly threatened by this? Well, I don't think that he was really threatened by it. I mean, I mean why is it that, you know, it took me over 20 years to realize this? I mean, I read the Bible. You read the Bible. I mean, we, how many times did we read the creation? And yet all these verses we didn't pick up on? How come, you know, we, we didn't? So I think that it's just because our whole worldview, when it comes to evolution, it's not a worldview. Um, You know, it's a theory. It's something that you're, you know, you're fighting. But it's not literally the worldview, what you're standing on. When you look out in the sky, everything you've been taught, you know, to understand the fact that everything that you've been taught is a lie is so overwhelming for most people, and rightfully so. I mean, it is for anyone. The first knee knee reaction is, uh, you know, wow this is this can't be true and i think a lot of people just don't want to take the time because it's just so major of a deception uh, it's hard to grasp so um, but i think it's important for everyone to at least give it the time even a few days i think would be enough if a person looked into it uh, and saw you know the monster lies and just the connection of what's taking place but i think with these ministries i think that we need to lovingly you know present the information our case start doing our research Uh, I think God is not only going to call us, you know, to reach the world, as he always has, but I think he's going to call us as well, you know, to reach people in the church. Because, like you had mentioned, I mean, this is a huge, huge paradigm shift. And again, when when people come, like what I've noticed even personally in my circles, even uh, talking with my pastor or people in the church, that, you know, it does become a very big deal. I mean, one thing I do hear from a lot of people is that, well, what does it matter? What does it matter if it's a ball or it's flat or it's square or it's a triangle? I mean, who cares? Like, you know, but you know what I'll say? Does truth matter? And I mean, it, truth is very important to God. I mean, and I always, at the end of uh, all my videos on my channel, Celebrate Truth, I, I, I leave off with John and you And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But literally, understanding and the pursuit of truth is worthy. And it's something that God calls all of us to do, to test all things, you know, to worship him in spirit and in the truth. And I think truth is important. And if it's not important, then, you know, I don't understand, you know, why there's so many verses that support the fact that it is. But again, we understand that we're on this quest for truth. If all of a sudden you start figuring it out, that what we have been taught are lies, what is it going to do? Like you said, one of the biggest, uh, you know, um movements or the awakening, or what is it going to do to God's church? I think it's massive. And I think that, you know, the attacks that have come against, you know, people that don't believe in evolution are minuscule compared to the attacks that will come of people questioning and getting science to answer questions. And that's the only thing that I'm going to like literally say with people that are very scientifically minded that are looking and saying, this can't be true, this is so absurd, then get science to start answering the questions. Just like you did the same with evolution and they didn't have the answers, do the same and you will find out there are major, major issues with almost every aspect of the Big Bang heliocentric universe that they have taught us when the Bible is very clear that literally we have been created in an enclosed creation and that we are special and that we are different And unique from everything else up in the sky the entire monster lie that i see is to relegate earth to a spinning ball and make it a planet earth is not a planet and when you real when you look into it and say okay this guy is saying on the radio right now he's saying it's not a planet i'm going to go out and prove him wrong go out prove that earth is a ball try to do it scientifically using the scientific method you will find you're going to have a very hard time. You can get the curvature rates that science has given us based on 25,000 miles in circumference. You can find out that, you know, after 20 miles, there would be so much drop, you know, that things would be below the horizon. Start doing that. Look with your own eyes. Start using science if you are scientifically minded. Because again, we're not talking about anti-science here. We're talking about anti-scientism. That science, that real true science was hijacked, was taken over, and masqueraded as fact, as reality, and yet it it basically deviated from what science was all about, asking questions, observing, repeating experiments, something that could be verified, tested. Do you know that even when it comes to gravity, gravity has never been tested, it's never been observed, it's never been quantified, it's never, I mean, these, if you look up, if you even look up gravity, because you need gravity to be able to stick to a spinning ball flying through space, understand That the entire universe, it only exists because of, they call it the big G. Our big G is God. It is the Lord God in heaven. Their big G, that all, if they don't have an answer to the question, you watch what they'll say. Well, it's gravity. It's gravity. Well, how does it do this? Well, it's gravity. What about the sun? Well, that's gravity. And if you look up the definition of gravity on Wikipedia, I challenge anyone to look it up. Read that and ask yourself, is that science? Is that scientific? Or is that some sort of mysterious magical power that they basically, anytime there's a missing hole, you know, at least, you know, with evolution, they admit, well, there's missing links. We don't know what it is, but what they do with the heliocentric big bang universe is anytime they're up against the problem, that's gravity. That's the way gravity works. Well, how does gravity know to keep eight trillion tons of ocean and yet butterflies can fly above it? You know, why is it, that the, you know, the moon's gravity, you know, is so powerful it can affect the tides. But yet the moon's gravity won't suck the moon right down. You know, there's major problems. Like, so if you start looking into all of these concepts and start using your head and saying, okay, I I, want to know what true science is. I want to question these things. I want to test all things. Then go out and do it. And you will be shocked and you will be almost appalled. And like you were, Walt, and myself, you'll be saddened. You will be saddened. You will be emotional because... It is something to come to the understanding that, wow, you know, this has all been a lie. And we have all believed it, that Satan, literally the God of this world, could literally get the whole world to believe something. And he could literally start with a foundational lie and that everything else was easy or other things he didn't even care about. As long as he basically completely got people believing and discredited the Bible. Because like me and like many other people, we are still looking at verses and we're saying, well, we'll just interpret that a different way because you can't really have pillars on a ball. We have taken our worldview and because we have a scientific worldview, understand that people without a scientific worldview, look at, try, try. it's really tough to do, but try to look at the Bible without a scientific worldview. Just, if God, if, you, if he was to present you his word and you were just to read it and you read all these verses, you know, maybe, maybe draw it and, and see what you come up with. But what the interesting thing is, now you've got all these people in sciences, in military, uh, you've got the pilots coming forward, you've got some very, you've got surveyors, you've got uh, all sorts of engineers are coming forward now. There are all sorts of people of all different backgrounds are coming forward with the, basically the creation account of Genesis and co- constructing it and saying, okay, this seems silly, but they're saying it's flat, it's not a ball. Well, I know it's a ball, so I'm going to go out and test, and I'm going to prove everyone that it is, you know, I'm gonna prove the curve. Well, people are going out all over the world and you can type this in on YouTube, just type in flatter curvature. Um, there is no curve. It, it does not exist. Pilots are coming forward and saying, you know, and people say, well, no, I, I took a plane, I looked out the window, I saw it. I challenge anyone, Go the next time you're on a plane, look out again. It's almost like the conditioning was so strong that we we're programmed to see the curve because people that are trying now to go up and disprove it and take pictures, once they go up, they're not seeing it anymore. They're taking pictures they're bringing it back in with rulers. It is flat as a pancake. And here's the interesting thing, that no matter if you're standing on a beach and you look out of that horizon, it's eye level. So then you go up on a mountain, you look at the horizon, it's at eye level. Now you go up in a hot air balloon, it's at the horizon, eye level. Now you go up on a plane, the horizon, always at eye level. If we're on a ball of 25,000 miles in circumference, the higher you went in altitude, the lower the horizon would go down. It is simple physics, it's simple geometry. I mean, you can construct this, you can put it in a 3D simulator. People are doing it all over the world. But understand that the higher you go up on a ball, the lower horizon would drop. Yet at any altitude other than the pictures from NASA give us, the highest that we can get up, unmanned, is in a military-grade you know, weather balloon to 110,000, 120,000 feet. And without a curved lens, Uh, You know, a fisheye lens, a GoPro camera, if you actually put a straight lens, a regular lens without the curve, because you'll find that a lot of lenses, you know, create the curve. But if you go up, people are going up all over. And what they're seeing is flat as far as the eye can see. Zero curvature. And, again, it might seem absurd. But once you realize, wait a minute, if we're not on a spinning ball, then what else have they lied about? Because, again, people are just not being able to find this information when they find out that, uh, you know, everything – we have been taught is a lie. And then you understand why they would have to lie about it. Well, what does it matter? And I say, truth matters. And once you start going into this research, prayerfully ask God to reveal to you his true creation. Don't use any biases. Don't use your scientific worldview. Ask God to show you and give you your brains and your senses to experiment, to test, to verify. God will verify himself and he will verify his creation to anyone that seeks.
0: Well, well, Robbie, I'll tell you, I, I understand you, you touched on why people will get a little teary-eyed, because you'll understand that that Bible that we have in our hands, if we read it literally, it does not describe a spinning ball and i I'm, I'm i'm sure you've come across this in your uh, you know there has been some experiments between geocentric and heliocentric and they've all proven they've they've all come to the conclusion that we're not spinning could you touch on that
3: uh, there there's actually been some incredible experiments done i mean there's the michael morrison experiment uh done um if you look at robotham dr robotham if you look up these experiments i mean he did it um and again, there has been great scientific, scientific minds that have, you know, went out to prove uh, this curvature of this, uh, you know, globe that we're taught that we're on. And yet, all of these experiments, you know, have proved uh, to support the fact that we are on a stationary plane. I mean, you get into certain experimentations that were done showing absolutely zero movement. And it's been a big problem for science and they have worked on getting around it and stuff. But again, You know, and again, you have to almost look it up. I don't know offhand. But again, if you look into the experiments for movement and for um, the spinning, and I mean, people will bring up the Coriolis effect and they'll bring up, uh, you know, some other factors. Well, if you start looking into these, um, you will see that there's some major, major problems, like huge problems. Um, And a lot of the stuff that we've been taught, you know, just isn't the case. So, um, yeah, there's experiments done with cannons that they would shoot cannons straight out. And again, you're talking about the Earth is spinning. You know, you've got issues. You've got issues with planes, you know. You're going one direction on a flight, and you're going with the spin. Well, what happens when you're on a flight going against the spin, right? So they're also shooting cannons straight out. Well, they were finding in the experimentation, they would shoot it out, and sometimes it would come right back into the cannon. So if we're spinning at 1,000 miles per hour at the equator, you know, this isn't impossible. The fact is that no scientific experiment, you know, has ever been done that you and I can do together, that we can test, we can repeat, we can both observe, that will prove that we are on any type of movement at all, period. We are relying on the great scientism minds and NASA to tell us that we're on a spinning ball. But what I'm saying is there is zero, zero experimentation to prove that the Earth spins, you know, at the velocity is what they are telling us. Everything, you know, from the speed of lightning, you know, traveling, um, you know, these are absurd things, and yet even orbiting the sun and going around its elliptic, you know, no one's ever felt movement. No one's even felt a jolt. No one's ever felt, you know, anything. And yet they tell us these things, and we believe them. Why? Because of gravity. Well, that's the way gravity works. I mean, you're dealing with a ball spinning so fast, you know, with centrifugal force, but yet the gravity is compensating the centrifugal force. But then ask yourself a logical question. If you are going to basically create... You know, say your dining room, you're going to create this dining room and you're going to go, I want to light this dining room. Are you going to create a light that is 100, you know, that is, a, you know, 100 million times bigger than the dining room to light it? I mean, God created lights, you know, for the sun, you know, like he'd created the sun and the moon and the stars. And he said, I created them for lights. Just think of how absurd it is for God, you know, to literally create a light that's a million times bigger than the actual creation itself. I mean, to give, to give, you know, this recognition that we were honoring, I mean, even some of the planets, so-called planets in our solar system are a lot bigger than Earth. I mean, doesn't that seem striking that literally Earth is the, it's the, it's the prize, it's the, um, you know, incredible creation, unique, special, different, and yet we're not the biggest. We're not the, I mean, yeah, we, we do sustain life. And again, they're on that quest to find it. You know, apparently they found another, you know, 10 million planets way out there in the universe that all sustain life you know they found earth 2.0 and again you're constantly going to keep seeing this and when you start seeing them constantly trying to find water on mars and they they found traces of water so therefore there was life that existed there at some point they believe but but their quest is to find that answer and i believe that they are going to find that answer but that answer is going to come from another life form out there but the fact of the reality is there is no others out there there are humans there are angels where do they exist? In our enclosed creation. The illusion of an eternal, you know, the space itself is labeled eternal. Well, I'm sorry, God is the only one that's eternal. Every, you know, that's the whole thing. Is when you're talking infinite, they say infinite. We are finite. The earth is finite. The heavens are finite. To give space and the universe and the galaxies and, you know, to say that they're all infinite. No, no, no. These are monster lies. These are, these are, these are satanic deceptions to fool us, to trick us. And unfortunately, they've done it's Done a number, but there's some great, you know, God is reviving a lot of people looking into it from different walks, different backgrounds, different credibilities. And I think it's just a matter of time where more and more people are going to start questioning these things. Science will not be able to give the answers. And people will demand. And I think we're headed towards a very large paradigm shift i really do in many many
0: circles well, well robbie i want i really want to thank you uh, this has been a blessing for me i i it, it, you know especially you last time i talked to you when you told me you were you were getting ready to release this video i uh it it really moved me and i was so i was i could i was so anxious to have for this broadcast uh but uh could, could, could you tell, uh, in our closing comments, could you could you tell uh, people where they can find your works?
3: Sure, yeah. I, uh, my uh, YouTube channel, you can just type in Celebrate Truth. Uh, you can find my uh, page also on Facebook if you want to look for me there. Um, but yeah, Celebrate Truth. I just released uh, the Global Lie uh, documentary um, on uh, January 25th, which, interesting enough, was a very historic day. Uh, it's turning out to be, because uh, if anyone's looking into the news, you're going to see that, you know, through certain celebrities and some things that have started to happen, uh, Flat Earth is uh, gaining a lot of traction and uh, mainstream. You have Neil deGrasse Tyson, one of these scientific guys that is very, you know, against God. And in my documentary, I actually have him a few places in there, um, you, know, his, you know, how much he actually hates the Bible and God. and I mean, whether it's Richard Dawkins or, it's, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy, I mean, all these guys are very anti-biblical. They hate God. They hate creation. You know, they they tell everyone to come to reality and accept science as fact and, you know, don't be deluded. And yet these guys continue on. Well, anyways, Neil deGrasse Tyson responded to one of these, uh, these rappers. It's blowing up on Twitter, on Facebook. And if you actually type in Flat Earth and click News, you'll probably see, you know, thousands of articles from CNN to New York times to, so again, and we always felt that, you know, 2016, something was going to big happen. We didn't know how, but God is using people in different areas and stuff to reveal his true creation. And people would say, well, how come, you know, God wouldn't reveal this before. But I think that the timing, like I said, it's uh, we're moving into a great deception, something we're getting closer to something. And there's no reason why that uh, God wouldn't start uh, Showing people, you know, the, basically we had fought the war against evolution and yet now the war goes on to the heliocentric Big Bang universe and understanding the creation that we exist on. So, yeah, my work you can be found at Celebrate Truth on YouTube. Um, I'm also on Facebook and at that point, yeah, send me a message, watch some of the videos. I have over 60 videos. Uh, my channel has been about, have uh, been up for about five months now. Um, and yeah, it's extraordinary, especially with the uh, the film that I just released. Um, the results and the, the the response and the reviews are absolutely phenomenal. So um, God is doing a tremendous work. Many people are opening the Bible for the first time, coming to this Flat Earth Revelation, looking into the facts, and then all of a sudden they're saying, hey, I want to see what the Bible has to say. So the testimony and the amount of atheists that are becoming, you know, agnostics overnight is alarming. And also seeing how many people are completely going to the word of God and going deep into the word of God because they want to know truth. I've never seen anything like it in my life. So it's exciting and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, thanks for having me on.
0: Okay. And thanks. And because my closing comments is uh, God has, has revealed it through his word. And I, uh, I, I, I look at your life and my life and, Fellow Brothers and sisters in christ and i i I think it's a direct hand from God that that we're we're seeing this, especially in a world where the whole academic world is heliocentric and uh and i'm going to close with this little song and uh, uh, heliocentric is the granddaddy of all deceptions in the world in the world today, and this is the closing song, It Seems to Be One Big Lie.
1: Seems to be that this world is in a mess. Seems to be all life's just a test. Seems to be we think we've lived our lives the best things could to see. That only God will judge and bless Seems to be Seems to be That we've lived our life in lies Seems to be We are born and then we die Seems to be Life passes, it just flies And it's clear to see That only God's truth will survive Seems to be This world can bring Fame, riches medals of honor and glory Just for a time and a season Fame, riches medals of honor and glory With no everlasting purpose or reason Who seems to be That this world is in a mess Seems to be all life's just a test seems to be We think we've lived our lives the best is good to see. That only God will judge and bless seems to be:
3: OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer Solitaire. huh?